1920 Ozark Twister destroys a town. And in Oklahoma, Toxic City comes face-to-face with an F4 tornado. Hello and welcome to another Midwest Ghost Town podcast. My name is Dan Klein. I'm your host, your history enthusiast, and your ghost town and abandoned history adventurer. Like we say on this channel, let's keep history alive. One way we can certainly do that is by talking about it, making this podcast, which we try to post weekly on Mondays, and of course, YouTube videos on Fridays, unless things come up in between and we need more time to produce footage and edit. But with that being said, happy Memorial Day. Just happened this podcast fell on Memorial Day today, and I want to give thanks to all the servicemen and women out there as we pay our respects today. And remember, thank you for your service, and thank you for all those who paid the ultimate sacrifice for that service. We're in the middle of a three-part series where we are covering tornado ghost towns, and certainly we know we didn't cover every ghost town created by tornadoes, because certainly there are more than one would think. We've come to a conclusion here with the series today with part three. And we may come back to this at some time in the future, but today we're covering two tornado ghost towns. Those ghost towns are Melva, the Melva tornado of 1920, where a tornado struck the Ozark village of Melva, Missouri in 1920 and completely destroyed the town, leaving it as an eventual ghost town. And number two, we're going to cover the 2008 Mother's Day Eve F4 tornado of Pitcher, Oklahoma. So with much ado, let's go into the first tornado, Nova. The story begins with a heavy story. The night before the tornado, on Wednesday, March 10th, the heavy rains came and flooded the landscape, leaving Turkey Creek completely flooded. So much that the school the next day was canceled because local school teacher Jean Layton couldn't get to the school because of the high creek waters. Thursday, March 11th, around 12 o'clock, a fast approaching thunderstorm came upon Melva and it turned into a violent twister. So stopping there real quick, just to giving a few facts about this tornado, the damage from the twister was 200 to 400 yards wide. There was A story of an oak joist driven through a one-foot-thick concrete wall. So you can imagine that stories that I've heard of pieces of straw or hay being blown so hard into like telephone poles that they would stick out like needles. Here you have an entire oak joist blown through a one-foot-thick concrete wall or barrier. There was another story of a tax receipt which was carried from Taney County all the way to Wright County. And I was curious about that when I read that story, how far that was. And so going on doing a little map work between the the counties, it's approximately 80 miles away. So that tax receipt was blown 80 miles. And of course, the most devastating fact of all, and the highlight, of course, of the tornado in this video is 11 people died. And the most tragic thing of all is that nine of those were children. There was a story about Mrs. Buell who ran the Buell Hotel and her neighbor Lucy Woods, a local Presbyterian missionary. They were both outside doing their morning work when suddenly Mrs. Buell saw the cloud and ran to Miss Woods' house. They both were able to barely get inside before the twister overcame them and quickly 
took shelter inside the fireplace. The house was completely destroyed, only leaving the fireplace behind. Both Buell and Woods survived. But it was another story entirely for the Mankeys and Box families. The Mankeys had hardly been to town, being newer to the area to run the general store. Their two boys, Reggie and Billy, who had left er earlier that morning to go play with the Box children, and with the storm quickly arriving at Melva, of course the Mankeys grew anxious. They barely had time to even think as they took shelter themselves and watched as the tornado struck their general store. It sucked it off the ground and destroyed it, leaving pieces flying around in a funnel-like motion scattering remains of the store. Reggie and Billy Mankey were playing with the box children. Merle, Olita, and George, who was also known as Budge, and a box their mother was nearby. The tornado came upon them and it lifted them into the air and it landed them in nearby flooded Turkey Creek. Reggie, being swept down the fast rushing current, quickly grabbed into a nearby bush and as he was holding on for his life, his seven-year-old brother, Billy, was seen being swept past him. He reached out to grab him, but the current was too strong and swept Billy away from him. Anna Box was able to come to after the shock of the tornado and pulled herself out of the creek, but it was too late for her three children. When it was over, Anna Box had lost Merle, who had been 12 in May, Olita, who had been 9 in June, and Little Budge, who was 5. Little Billy Mankey's body was later found downstream and Reggie was pulled to safety. Florence Box's children were killed as well, cousins to Anna Box's children, Hubert, 13, Jesse, 10, Nancy, 5, and John, who was 2. And the baby that Florence was carrying was born dead the next day. Anna and Florence were badly hurt. So were the Howard children, Nezzy, who was 15, Edith, 12, and Ruby, 9. The Howards were in their home when the tornado struck. Cora Howard, the mother, had told the children to quickly shut the door and latch it. But the door kept coming open and they weren't able to lock the door when suddenly a huge crash came to the side of the house. Later they discovered it was their well that had broken free and blown to the side of their house, destroying that side of the house. When they finally found Cora Howard, she was buried in the rubble of the home, body completely broken. But she had shielded her youngest child who survived beneath her with a few scratches. All in all, there were 11 total victims, nine being children. The two adults, Cora Howard and Francis Jackson, who was 45, who died three days later from head wound, were the total amount of the victims. You can find the ghost town today in southeast of Branson, Missouri, south of Hollister, and the remains of the town actually sit beneath the Branson Creek Golf Course. And also just want to put a little note here. Just remember what happened here, right? Be respectful. I know I have sometimes I have people saying, where is the ghost town? Where is it at? And I just want to remind all listeners and also viewers of videos that think of the history of these sites, especially on the case of these tornado ghost towns, where in respect, it's a memorial, right? We had loss of life specifically in the site and most of them children. And this kind of brings me to another story. I know I talked in episode one about an F5 tornado in Charles City, Iowa. It just happened to be 
where I was talking in our college with the local librarians. And as I was talking with them about this subject, there was a colleague of mine who came in and she got really quiet. And I thought, well, this is really interesting. So I went and I talked to her more about it. And she said, you know, I actually survived that tornado. And I let her kind of talk on a little bit about that and talk through the trauma that she had went through and the memory that she had. That tornado, which was one of three F5 tornadoes that touched down in Iowa through the course of history, Charles City, F5 tornado. She grew up in the path of this tornado down in Green, Iowa, which is not far away. And she went on to tell the story of lines of cars along the highway. People were coming, some of them, of course, to just observe. They were curious. But a lot of people coming from miles around to help. They, they had word from the radio. They had heard the news of the catastrophe. They wanted to go help. And she said, as they were overcoming the shock, you know, people would be coming onto the farm, helping them. The house itself, she said, was lifted completely off its foundation and set right back down. But there was a crack, you know, for the rest of the life of that house that surrounded it. She's like, even she grew up remembering that, you know, they'd always get have mice problems because that foundation wasn't, you know, secure. But that's what that powerful F5 tornado did. It literally lifted the house up. Um, fortunate that it didn't, you know, blow that house to smithereens because all around, she said, there were dead chickens everywhere. Said we had dead horses. And she goes, and the biggest memory of all that I have is there was a bull that we had with the window frame from the barn that was destroyed around its neck. And of course, angry bull trying to remove that, trying to get everything set I'm thankful for her opening up and, and reliving that trauma with me just as a reminder of the sensitivity of the stories in this case, loved ones who are involved, um, lives lost, communities, of course, as we talk about ghost towns, communities that are ghost towns now forever lost. And so as we go out and we explore, even tell the stories and go to these places, just a reminder of the sacred ground that we're really walking on, right? And so another story trying to understand the destruction of tornadoes. Not so much a ghost town story here, but as I was doing my own research, I came upon this video. It was a video of the Andover, Kansas 2022 tornado. So really recent here in the last year. And there was a school surveillance camera that grabbed all this footage from this tornado. And I was just in awe because as I was watching the surveillance, you know, you first you're looking outside, so it looks like a normal day doesn't look like there's anything that's going to happen even though you know it is you're trying to figure out where this tornado is when it's going to strike what it's going to do and then all of a sudden you start seeing all this debris start to be kind of blown into the picture and this debris starts to get a little bigger and soon you start to see whole two by fours coming to the frame and the next thing you know you're looking at the front door of the school and it and the door itself and the entire wall around it is just sucked out just boom it's gone and immediately you can tell the tornado just hit the school outside i guess the thing that really amazed me it just looked normal and then all of a sudden boom tornado so i think just kind of a a reminder of just how fast and sudden something that might look okay and that there's a tornado that's around and it's not safe at all i'm sitting there in the last portion of this video watching, I'm staring at the car that's in the parking lot. 
And I'm like, wow, I wonder if that car gets damaged. And the next thing you know, the car gets lifted up and it's just gone, right? Just completely taken out of the screen. That tornado took that whole car. And so you're thinking of other stories of tornadoes and the damage that caused whole cars thrown onto a house. You just no wonder that some of these houses would just be obliterated. But this kind of puts in perspective some of the power that we're looking at. And that wasn't even an F5, F5 tornado. So you can only imagine some of these tornadoes that are one mile, two mile wide. Part one, just going back a little bit, and I encourage you, if you haven't had a chance to, to listen to that part of the podcast, do it. I, I cover the story of the ghost town now of Manchester, South Dakota. This is where younger sister of Laura Ingalls Wilder, Grace, where she recited, you can visit there today. There is a memorial and you can pay remembrance of that now ghost town, Manchester, South Dakota. In part two, we covered Parrish, Illinois, part of the famous 1925 tri-state tornado, which happens to be the deadliest tornado on U.S. soil. 695 people total died in that tornado. And of course, Parrish now is a ghost town. And today, of course, we're covering the Melva Ozark tornado. And last but not least, Pitcher, Oklahoma tornado of 2008. Before we going to go into this next thing, it's really important just to talk a little bit about two main points on this. Pitcher, Oklahoma, our next tornado, was already on its way to ghost town status. Point number two is it was an old mining town. And that old mining town had grown toxic because of large amounts of runoff. And the water supply was contaminated as well as large amounts of lead poisoning going on. The government was already starting a massive buyout to move residents. So before we start going into the greater depth with Pitcher, Oklahoma, and the tornado, it's important to understand this as a backdrop. Pitcher, Oklahoma one of America's most toxic towns. With giant mountain-like piles of contaminated mine trailings, as they're known, and called chat, heaped throughout the old mining community, the toxic metal gravel-like material was so readily available that the townspeople used it to surface driveways and to fill their children's sandboxes with it. A discovery of cave-in risk contaminated groundwater and the mixture of health risk associated with the stories like children playing in toxic material in their own sandboxes put Pitcher in a study that showed 34% of the town's children 34% of the town's children suffered from lead poisoning. The government agreed to do a mandatory evacuation and a buyout of the entire town. In 2006 a study showed that 86% of Pitcher's buildings, including the town school, were all subject to collapse. We know that this is about a tornado ghost town, and we're getting there next. But before we go on, let's take a deeper dive into the history of Pitcher for a better understanding. Pitcher, at its height, had over 14,000 residents, mostly miners, and around that area, another population still of nearly 5,000. So this kind of gives you the idea of the size of the history of Pitcher, Oklahoma. 
75% of all bullets and bombshells being used by the U.S. in World War II came from the metals being mined and pictured, which was mostly lead and zinc. So thinking of the history of where we were in times of the time period, this is important to kind of think of the importance of the mining operation that was going on in Pitcher, Oklahoma. Those chat piles that were mentioned earlier rose 300 feet or more in the air. An estimated 178 million tons of chat in about 30 different piles scattered around the town. Pitcher itself was a mining boom town. When the government stepped in to initiate the buyout process, there were quite a few residents still living in town. In fact, in the 2000 census, there were 1,640. But there was something else on its way that would accelerate the process. On May 10th, 2008, on the eve of Mother's Day, an F4 tornado touched down near the Kansas-Oklahoma border. It slammed into Pitcher, leaving a path of destruction 20 blocks of the town completely flattened. 150 homes devastated by the tornado and six killed. There was a story of some of the victims making their way to celebrate an early Mother's Day since Mother's Day was the next day and as they drove to meet their families, they tried to avoid the tornado. And as they were making their way to the homes of their family, they drove directly into the tornado. One witness said the tornado picked up the car before launching it back into the ground, and three out of the four passengers were killed. It was the deadliest single tornado in Oklahoma since the Oklahoma City F5 tornado back in 1999. The total damage of the tornado outbreak from May 7th through May 11th in 2008 was an estimated $60.6 million with 21 deaths and 350 injured and caused the acceleration of the ghost town of Pitcher, Oklahoma. 2000 census showed Pitcher at 1,640. By 2010, there were six homes remaining, one business, and 20 people. Tornado Ghost Towns Manchester, South Dakota, Jordan, Iowa, Parrish, Illinois, Nova, Missouri, and Pitcher, Oklahoma. Only a few, but a reminder of ghost towns and another cause of their fate. All in all, it's a reminder of our own mortality. Things come, things go. We like to remember and have a conversation about history on this channel. This was a three-part series on tornado ghost towns. If you haven't had the chance to listen to either part one or part two, give it a listen or watch it if you have interest. But looking ahead, we have another three-part series coming up in the next couple of weeks. Underwater Ghost Towns of Iowa. I hope you have a chance to come along. This is Midwest Ghost Town.